If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Nick. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Episode 115 of Switchcraft is also brought to you by Audible. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash audible. There you will find a link that will get you a free audiobook. Audible has thousands of books to choose from. And no matter what genre you're looking for, you're going to be able to find it. So head on over there, pick out your favorite book. If you stay a member, you get another free book every month and it costs $14.95. If you don't stay a member, you still get to keep your books. Again, that's runjumpstomp.com slash audible. Head on over there and support the show. Switchcraft is recorded live three times a week at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday when the universe allows. Tune in at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, just like these awesome people have. We've got, starting way up at the top, we've got Vaxer is here. Uh, Royal Leo Wolf is here as well. Giga Tiga is, uh, is, is in the house. Kodiak Moonwolf is here. Um, let's see. Link31254, Love My Ness is here. Aerslia. Uh, who else is uh, in attendance here? Captain Logan, sir. Uh, we've got Kimbalina66, as well as Link31254. I'm hoping I'm not missing anybody. T.F. Wagner is here. You guys are so awesome. Very chatty, though. It's hard to get through everyone looking for other people. Oh, I know that we had Cyber Dragon 87 arrived exactly when he meant to, or she, I don't know. Uh, But anyway, thank you to those people who are chatting. And of course, the lurkers who are watching but not saying anything, you are all just as important. And I wouldn't be able to do this show live without you guys. I need somebody to talk to. So thank you very much for uh, watching and hanging out. Again, that's twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp. And let's start with our first review. Or our, let's start first with our review. We've got a review from Black Label 974. They gave the show five stars. Uh, they said, awesome show. I've been a subscriber for two months and I enjoy the stories, insights. And for my commute, the length is perfect. RJS is a great hosting, and I think he meant great host, I'm not sure. And I've got recommendations for other great podcasts. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Black Label. If you want to help out the show, that's one way that you can, is just head on over to Apple Podcasts and uh, give your review of the show right there. Other ways that you can get a hold of me, have your voice be heard, is you can email me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. The first one comes from... Mr. Dippy, uh, they said, Hey there, Bill. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I love it. I thought I would weigh in, uh, weigh in on the Animal Crossing Pocket Camp discussion. I feel that this game is probably only about 60% of what, a, of what a full Animal Crossing game should be. 
So I know it leaves me and probably many other users itching for a full Animal Crossing release. I agree that this is probably the best platform for the game, but if they could take what they've created and expand on it for the Switch, I think that would be great. I also agree with you that the touch and touch controls are not ideal. In terms of microtransactions, they try and encourage you to spend real money at the start by offering KK Slider and Tom Nook as special additions to your camp. I don't feel that these are really worth the purchase, to be honest. Other than that, the microtransaction are, transactions are fairly easy to avoid. As a side note, I would also like to add that this game looks gorgeous. Kind regards, Dan, a.k.a. Mr. Dippy. Well, thank you very much for emailing me, Mr. Dippy. Uh, you know, I have to agree with you. The game does look fantastic. Now, I haven't really played the game very much at all, so I don't have very much of an opinion on it. Again, you know, I've said this before. I haven't played the game because I don't like playing games on my phone very much. I always like the idea of playing games on my phone, but then when I start actually trying to play the game on my phone... I always get distracted by all of the other things that I can do with my phone, like Twitter or Reddit or the Discord. There's all these other places that steal my attention away. Whereas when I sit down with my Switch or with my computer or with my PS4 or whatever that I'm playing a game on, that is the only focus of what I'm doing at that moment. And there's no distractors. There's no notifications popping up saying so-and-so just tweeted this or somebody just said something in the discord and all of that stuff distracts me from playing on my phone on top of that i don't like uh touch screen controls i prefer uh button controls i think that they're just better uh but you know f- hearing from you saying that it's only about 60% of what a full animal crossing game should be makes me say i would love to have and i've said it before but i would love to have um animal crossing on the switch that's where I, that's where I want to play that kind of game, free from distractions, with thumbsticks, you know, that kind of thing. Um, For me, I don't want them to ignore the Switch in favor of mobile, which is something that a lot of people have been worried that Nintendo would do for a long time, and then when the Switch came out, it feels like all of our worries were allayed. Now, do I think that they will bring another... Animal Crossing game to the Switch? I think that they probably will. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because my son keeps talking to me about the game. Uh, And I've been thinking about this a lot. And I feel like they could very easily use Animal Crossing Mobile with its 15 million downloads in that first six days as an advertising platform for the actual game on the Switch. And I guarantee that at some point, if they if they do bring Animal Crossing to the Switch, we're going to see an Animal Crossing Switch bundle, probably with, I don't know, green and yellow uh, Joy-Cons or something like that. I guess I don't know what the, other than green, I don't know what the overall color of Animal Crossing is. Um, but with the special Joy-Cons, maybe with Isabel on it or something like that, and uh, they would very easily be able to do a push notification to your to to 15 million people's phones and say, "Hey, look at this uh, Switch version of the of the game that you like playing because it's on your phone." Uh, so, you know, thank you very much again for emailing. Now, there's not a lot of news to talk about today, so I want to talk about another email instead. I've gotten an email from Tom. 
And Thomas wrote in and they said, I'm getting older and grumpier. I'll admit that, I'll admit, but the weapon breaking thing has ruined the game experience for me. They're talking about, of course, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, They go on to say, when I first bought it, I thought, man, I don't think I'll be buying Skyrim after all, at least for a long time until I get through most of this game. The game is incredible, but then the weapon breaking thing started nagging at me. I trudged on, but I found myself obsessing over it, altering my gameplay around it, not engaging certain battles because of it. I started agonizing over which weapon I needed to choose to break next. After the weapon I had just broke, I started worrying whether the weapon I had just chose will break after 10 hits. Will be a weapon I need in a scenario in the future. I started thinking I need to plow. Where and what weapons can be found after a Blood Moon reset? The whole game... The whole game to me began circling around this one issue and it killed the immersion, the flow, the enjoyment. I bought Skyrim and I haven't touched Breath of the Wild since. I understand the argument supporting weapon breaking that it forces you to figure out other ways to kill enemies, but I think that argument is weak. Because I would do that anyway. But let's be blunt here. Is it me or is it the bomb throwing thing way overpowered anyway? And would be done if weapons didn't break. I think so. Uh, Great podcast. If you had a PayPal link, I would contribute here and there on a non-subscription basis. Tom. All right. Well, Thomas, thank you very much for emailing me. Um, Real quick, I want to talk about the weapon breaking thing. The weapon breaking thing in... uh, In Zelda, the first time that it happened, I was like, man, that broke real fast. Um... But as I progressed through the game more and more, I started getting more and more room in my backpack as I found more Korok seeds. And it got to the point where I had lots of weapons for the most part. Um, But there would be times where I would have run out of weapons. And the reason why I'm okay with that is because I found it really fun to do the cycle of getting better weapons. So what I would tend to do is I would go to the, um, to like I would I would uh, go and kill a couple of Bokoblins or something, get their, kind of their crappy weapons. And I would uh, take that, those weapons and go fight the minor, I think it's called minor, um, test of feat of strength, minor feat of strength. I would fight the little mini guardians in there. Uh, and I would get their weapons and then I would take those and I would go to the major or the, I think maybe there's medium. I can't remember. Uh, but I would go to like the major feats of strength and fight those guys. And then I would take those and I would, uh, take those weapons and go find some guardians and fight them to get some, some awesome, or not some guardians, some Lynels to get some really powerful weapons. And I really had a lot of fun with that mechanic. I felt like the breaking of the weapons made for some really fun moments where I would run in and attack. And, you know, if my, if my weapon uh, broke, then I would like, that's a moment of surprise, a moment of unexpectedness. And it's not just about uh, making it so that I had to uh, attack these enemies from different, in different ways, uh, which also I think did add to it. I liked the fact that the spear, combat was one way and that sword combat was another and axe combat was another. Uh, But it made it so that there were these little surprises 
where I was fighting and suddenly my weapon broke and Link is like, what am I supposed to do? And then I have to panic for a moment and kind of run around in circles while I'm changing weapon or while I'm getting out another weapon or deciding what I'm going to do. And I had a lot of fun with that. Now, if you didn't, then that's perfectly, that's a perfectly valid argument and a reason that you shouldn't play the game. Um, Skyrim, I haven't played Skyrim in a long time. I've bought it twice already i may buy it a third time in the future for the switch i'm not sure um you're not wrong in saying that it's a fantastic game now for me i like breath of the wild better but not everybody has to agree um to address your your comment about the bombs um the bombs in breath of the wild were there for me they were always like a last resort mostly because I didn't like the mechanic of how I would throw them. I didn't feel like I had enough control over it. Uh, So, you know, there's that. Um, I don't know that they were really overpowered. Um, In hard mode, when I ran out of weapons, I would try and bomb things to death. And there's some hilarious clips of me doing that on, um, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp. And, uh, I I, ne- I didn't I never felt like they were overpowered. They were always my last resort. Uh lastly, you ask for my PayPal link. My PayPal link is paypal.me slash run jump stomp. I just went and made that today because you asked for one. And then I also put that at um runjumpstomp.com slash support. Anyway, thank you very much for Thomas and Dan for writing into the show. If you want to do so, that's runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to tweet at me, that's at runjumpstomp. If you want to call and leave a voicemail, that's 260-RUN-JUMP, uh, 260-786-5867. And of course, join our Discord at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord and join in the conversation uh, over there. So thank you guys for uh, the feedback. Let's talk about the news. Well, the top-selling game for the year, mind you, for the year is Super Mario Odyssey on Amazon. Now, I know that that is only tracking physical sales, so that's not tracking um, uh, digital downloads. And on top of that, it's also... You also have to keep in mind that the number one and two spot are gift cards for PS4 uh, so or, or PSN, so people can download games on PSN. Uh, but for, as, as far as physicals go, the very first uh, number the very first game for the year on Amazon is Super Mario Odyssey. And that is crazy to me. The game has only been out for a month. And to have that be the game that is number one, for the entire year after having only been out a month, that says a whole lot about the Switch's install base. There must be a lot of Switches out there. I can't wait until Nintendo does the the year end the, the year end fiscal report to say how many Switches they sold in that first year because I'm I think that it's gonna be more than the Wii. And the the Switch doesn't cater to the same audience that that the Wii did. The Wii catered to a very casual audience. Um, there were a lot of Wiis out in the wild and not very many games for the Wii sold. Um, Nintendo games sold, but third parties didn't. You know, you take that and you compare it to games like Shovel Knight or, gosh, what was the, there was a story um, about a game 
that it was just last episode, I think, where 10 times as many sales on the Switch as there were on Steam. Oh, it was SteamWorld Dig 2. So SteamWorld Dig 2, fantastic game, by the way. If you haven't picked it up, pick it up. It's awesome. Uh, but SteamWorld 2 Dig, uh, SteamWorld Dig 2, I'm sorry, uh, sold 10 times as many games on the Switch as it did on Steam. And that is a very impressive number. Third-party games are selling. GigaTiga in chat says, does that mean there are a lot of Switches? Or are there there are a lot of Switch people who wanted Mario really bad? Well, you know what's funny about that, that you mentioned that, is when the Switch first came out back on March 3rd of this year, it can't, it's really tough for me to believe that it's only been uh, less than a year since the Switch has been out. Uh, but back on March 3rd, when Nintendo first reported how many Switches sold, they also reported having a higher than 100% attach rate with Breath of the Wild. So there were more copies of Breath of the Wild for Switch that sold than cop than, than actual consoles for the Switch. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Now, I don't think that that's something that's happening here. I don't think people are buying Super Mario Odyssey uh, thinking that they'll pick up the Switch later. It's probably people who uh, picked up Super Mario Odyssey and a Switch at the same time. Well, actually, no, the, the the number one sale is Super Mario Odyssey by itself. It's not even counting the Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, that, that never occurred to me. That doesn't count the Super Mario Odyssey bundles. That's just counting the the standalone Super Mario Odyssey case that you can buy from Amazon. So... My guess is Nintendo has absolutely crushed it uh, with the Switch, and I'm really happy as somebody who wants Nintendo to succeed in this um, industry. I'm very happy to see Nintendo having finally turned it around after the Wii and the Wii U. And I know the Wii sold very well, but the games didn't. And uh, I, I personally, even though the Wii sold a lot of consoles, I, I look at the Wii as a misstep on Nintendo's part. Um, whereas the switch, I feel like they're going in the right direction and they're doing the right things. And I think that we have a bright future ahead of us for the switch. All right. The last piece of information or the, the next news story is that super Mario cereal is a real thing. And you can see <laughs> this has been confirmed by both um, Kellogg or Kellogg's, and Nintendo. So both companies have confirmed that this is in fact true. I can't believe that they called it Super Mario cereal and they didn't call it Mario's. Like they should have just called it Mario's. I can't take credit for that joke. I've seen it in a few different places. Um, but it's what it should have been called. Mario's. Now, if you click on the show notes, there is a link to the back of the box. I'm going to drop that. And I forgot to link the show notes to, uh, to chat right now, but I'm going to drop the uh, link to the show notes where you can see the back of the box. It's got, I, I, I have such a nostalgic feeling for the back of a cereal box. I mean, when I was a kid, you would pour yourself a bowl of sugar. That's which is basically what cereal is. Let's, let's be honest here. People cereal is not breakfast. It is, it's a, uh, um, it's dessert, you know, it's basically candy with milk. And somehow the cereal companies have convinced us that it's breakfast food. Now, when I was a kid growing up in the 80s, all those years ago, one of my favorite things is when I got to sit down and pour myself a bowl of, of uh, candy 
pour milk over it and then sit there and read the back of the box, read the side of the box. And I feel like this is a thing that, that kids these days really don't, boy, are you kids these days, they don't get a chance to do that. Well, they, they don't take advantage of the chance to do that uh, because they're just always looking at their phones. And I used to love, absolutely love doing the mazes on the back. I remember the Star Wars 3PO's was the name of the Star Wars cereal. And whenever you got 3PO's cereal, you could cut out the mask on the back of the box. And it had like little holes where you could poke string through and then you could wear it as a mask. And it was a terrible mask. Uh, pushed your nose down and it wasn't comfortable, but I remember doing it. Well, on the back of this box of cereal, they have uh, a maze for you to do. It looks like a warp pipe, warp pipe maze. Actually, it looks like there's a, is there one or two mazes? It looks like, yeah, there's a, there's a couple different mazes on the back. And then also on the back is an amiibo. And some people are like, well, hold on. What, what are you talking about? For those of you that don't know, uh, NFC chips are pretty small, and you can put them in cardboard. That's why you can buy Animal Crossing Amiibo uh, um, cards that you can play or that you can use. So they're just like little pieces of cardboard, and they have a chip inside them, and they scan, and they work. Well, this cereal box, is it says on the back, it says, Every Super Mario cereal box is an Amiibo. You can unlock special content to power up your Super Mario Odyssey adventure. Which is really cool, and I definitely told my wife, I said, Honey, if you see Super Mario cereal uh, in the store, and it's got to be Super Mario cereal, don't buy like some other thing, um, make sure you pick up a box so that we can try the Amiibo thing. Uh, I remember reading on Twitter, somebody said, um, Are you going to open the box or not? And I said to myself, I said, I will tear the Amiibo out with my teeth, and the rest is garbage, because I really don't want to eat that stuff. Uh, it does not look like an appetizing type of, of cereal, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I'm very curious as to what you get with this, with this cereal or with this Amiibo, uh, in Super Mario Odyssey and does it work in other, uh, in other games at all? Uh, Kimberlina 66 says, I totally agree. RJS, my mom would get so mad because we would open the box and then dig the toy out of the bottom. Yeah, that's gross. Your mom should have been mad. That's disgusting. My mom would get back or get mad uh, because we would we would take the bag of cereal out of the box and cut the stuff like cut out the masks and stuff and then put the the uh, the cereal back in the box and like you have this big hole in the <laughs> in the back of the cereal box. Uh, love my nest says, does Mario get a cereal box costume? That would be awesome. Uh, now that you say that love my nest looks like lucky charms. It does kind of look like lucky charms. And now I want to eat it because I didn't want to eat it before. But as soon as you equated it to lucky charms, I was like, Oh man, that is the stuff. And I want that stuff. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, talk about arms. Do the Mario swing. All right, I've got Captain Logan calling in in our Discord channel. Hey, Captain Logan, how's it going, man? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. What do you want to talk about? So you were talking about some feedback about Zelda and the weapon-breaking system and how one of your fans uh, disliked that system. And it kind of reminds me of one of the bad reviews that Zelda got that I believe was around a 7.0 or a 7.5. 
And it got me thinking about what I loved about the web and breaking system. And I started thinking about it more. And I came to realize that if not for weapons breaking, the first thing we'd probably do is uh, get a certain weapon that we know is probably in the game. And I don't want to spoil it if this person <laughs> wants to go back to actually play the game more. But working my way through the rusted weapons and the sticks and then the spears and then eventually started finding some of the better weapons uh there are a lot of weapons in this game and they put a lot of effort into it. And I don't know that you would have been able to really use any of them if halfway through the game, you figure out what you need to do to get the special weapon and just kept playing with that the rest of the game. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And you know what it makes me think of is that we also, I think you would also lose this sense of progression as you move from like the weaker weapons to the stronger weapons. And also what would your inventory look like if at the end of the game you had a stick and a, a you know, a, a Korok spear and then the next thing. And as you're, as you level up or not level up, but as you play the game, you keep picking up all of these different weapons. And over time, there really isn't a reason to have those lower level weapons unless you run out of weapons so you'll end up throwing them away anyway. I think that the weapon breaking system, I think it kind of cleaned that up a little bit as well. It did. And to kind of talk a little bit about Skyrim, um, I picked up Skyrim and never had played it before. So I'm not very comfortable with how to use magic or bows and arrows and stuff. Uh, but I know how to scan Amiibo. And the first thing I did when I got out of the uh, first entry part is go out into the field and scanned all of my Zelda amiibo and managed to get the, uh, the armor and the sword and the shield. And that's all I've been using since, uh, since I got it. I, I've gotten other weapons and uh, gear and stuff, but the, the gear and the armor from the amiibo is powerful enough to keep me invested in using those and I'm comfortable with a short sword and board with um, Zelda, thankfully, but I I'm looking at the other weapons and they look cool, but they're not strong enough. And I'm kind of wondering if that would have been the case with Zelda had we had just gotten, uh, you know, the standard master sword and Hylian shield right from the get go. You know, you, you, you bring up a good point and it reminds me of world of Warcraft, which is a weird juxtaposition, but Think of it this way. When I play World of Warcraft, if, if you've already leveled up to max level in the game, you can buy these things called heirloom weapons. And they're, they're powerful weapons that level with you. So as you level up, the sword gets more powerful or, you know, staff or whatever it is that you use. Well, that really kind of takes a lot of the fun out of the game for me because I'm too powerful. And every time I get new stuff... None of it is good enough. None of it is good enough to replace what I'm already using. And it kind of takes the fun away from getting the new stuff. Uh, so, you know, I, th I feel like there's a lot of good reasons why we have the weapon breaking system. And, uh, you know, not to say anything is wrong with what uh, the person who emailed in before was saying, but... Uh, just I disagree, and I think that the weapon-breaking system really improved Zelda overall. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, 
if there's anything I can recommend to uh, the in response to the email as far as getting into Zelda, um, there are definitely a lot of Amiibo available right now. Uh, Zelda has been on shelves everywhere. I would definitely consider maybe picking up um, the Rider Link or the Archer Link and using those from time to time, day to day. If you feel like you're running out of weapons and you want some powerful ones, uh, I can usually get one or two swords or some arrows out of those amiibo uh, when I need them. But run around and and see what else is out there because some of the ancient weapons are probably some of my favorite. And, you know, I've I've got some of them on display uh, just because of how beautiful of a design they are, even though I'll probably never use them. Yeah, I disagree with you there. I mean, not not that they don't look good because they look fantastic, but I personally don't like using the amiibo in the game for that stuff. I feel like it takes the fun out of going over and beating a Lionel and taking their sword and then, uh, you know, killing their family with it. <laughs> but thanks so much for calling in, man. Thanks for having me. Again, if you want to call in just like Captain Logan did, you can do so very easily by hanging out, being a regular, and then joining our Discord. And, um, you know, you just jump into the calling in section and hopefully I'll notice, you know, because it doesn't ring or anything. Uh, and then I'll just drag in and have we'll have a fun conversation just like we did with Captain Logan. So thanks, Captain Logan, for calling in. Uh, let's move on. And I want to talk a little bit about ARMS. ARMS has been updated uh, this morning, I believe. And 4.1 is the new patch number. And that gives us Springtron, which looks like a a basic reskin of Springman. Uh, It's a robot, though. And the one thing that feels different to me is that um, he's got two modes, basically. And if you've ever played ARMS before, this will make sense. And if not, go play ARMS because it's awesome. Um... Whenever you are Springman and you are uh, fighting, you can hold your block button, and if somebody throws a punch, or uh, you can you can try and charge up your 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 fists, your arms, and if someone throws a punch, you can release that charge, and a small little circle of energy will go out and kind of d- destroy the inertia of the arms coming towards you, and they'll just fall to the ground instead. It's a good defense mechanism. His other main ability is that whenever he's below 25% health, he no longer has to charge his arms in order for them to land with their element, uh, which is a very, very powerful ability. Sometimes I let myself get low when I'm playing as him so that I can uh, more easily uh, fight back against somebody who's who's giving me a hard time. Um, Springtron... Is very very similar, except he 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 has two modes for that knockback ability. His first mode is you he can interrupt his charge early and it'll be a small knockback. But if he's fully charged and he lets it out, it's a bigger knockback. So it'll knock away more arms that are coming towards him. The downside of him, he doesn't have that twenty five percent thing, which makes him pretty much unplayable for me because I. I almost never use that knockaway ability, and I use that 25% thing almost all the time. And I think it's it's one of the reasons why I love Springman so much, because he can come back from getting his butt kicked really, really quickly at the end of a fight, and it makes for some really interesting fights. Now, you may your mileage may vary, but Springtron wasn't really very fun for me. Um, 
his color schemes don't change very much. It's just like his mask changes color because he, I, I don't know. I didn't think that so far all of the characters that they've added to the game have been really cool and imaginative and well-designed characters. Spring Spring Springtron just kind of sounds like a me too. And I, di I didn't like him. Um, that being said, let me know what you guys think. If you think Springtron is cool or not. All right, let's. Uh, I'm going to move this last story into the lightning round. This is uh, Bandai, Bandai Namco. Uh, they have an event coming up. This is uh, rumored, and the rumor is that Nintendo is going to have a big presence at the event. So I'm just curious, what games do you think that would be best for Bandai Namco to bring to the Switch? Um, first off, I want to say this. I don't expect to see Smash there. Nintendo would be announcing Smash, not Bandai Namco, even though Bandai Namco made made the last Smash game. All right, so here's the game. Here are the games by Bandai Namco that I think would be a good fit for the Switch: Soul Calibur and Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Fighter Z would be fantastic for the Switch because they're fighting games, and the Switch comes with two controllers. Now, Soul Calibur, I don't know. I'm trying to think. If the Dreamcast had two thumbsticks, uh, I think that two thumbsticks is necessary for Soul Calibur, but I'm not sure about camera control. Um, so, you know, let me know if you don't think so. Um, but fighting games, I think, would be really good. And Soul Calibur and Dragon Ball Fighter Z, I think those are both good choices. Uh, the Tales series, those are uh, JRPGs. There's many, many of the Tales games, like Tales of This and Tales of That. Uh, that's also by Bandai Namco. Uh, Nino Kuni is another uh, pretty big uh, JRPG that I would like to see come to the Switch as well. And there's also Nino Kuni 2. And then um, Dark Souls would be pretty rad to have on the Switch. Um, oh, let's see. It's uh, oh yeah, Vaxer agrees. He said Dark Souls for the Switch would be amazing. So, and if you've never played Dark Souls, uh, be ready to lose a lot. Uh, Love My Nest says that they would like to see Tekken. Uh, so that's just my list. It, they, it could also be DLC for Pocket Tournament uh, DX because those games are uh, compatible. I'm not compatible. They Bandai Namco is the developer behind uh, uh, Pocket Pokemon Tournament uh, DX. Um, let's see other lightning round stories. Um, Shin Megami, Shin Megami Tensei five is coming to the West for the switch. Uh, th there's always this, this, um, worry about a game that's released in Japan. Will it come to the West? Will it be localized? And you just never know if it is. Well, we, now we know Shin Megami Tensei five is coming to the West and, it's supposed to be, uh, th this series is supposed to be really good. Now, I've never played it, but the series is, is well lauded. And basically, the way the series works is that you are, it's a JRPG. And when you defeat a monster, then you have to have a conversation with it and try and get it to join you based on what you say. Uh, the last story in the lightning round is that we have an alleged leaked internal e email from EA, which confirms a Nintendo Direct in January. Now, I was suspecting that we would get uh, Nintendo Direct in uh, December, talking about next year. Uh, I still feel like there's a pretty good chance of that, but if that doesn't happen, then then this seems like it makes a lot of sense. Um, 
The image uh, outlines EA's plan to closely work with Nintendo to market FE, which I forget what that game is. Uh, it, it seems like uh, this weird uh, side-scrolling game, or maybe it's a 3D game. I can't see. I, I can't remember what it is, but um, you are like this little animal as you run around, and uh, it looks like they're working together to market it uh, heavily. Uh, but you know that's just a rumor at this point. We'll see if that happens in the future or not. Um, Fe fee, uh, not. I don't think that stands for iron, though, Captain Logan. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for hanging out with me. Let's uh, end the lightning round, and then we'll find out what games are coming up. And finally, games that are coming out. Today's the 30th, so we've got Siberia 2, Star Ghost, Serial Cleaner, not the kind of serial from before, Opus, The Day We Found Earth, uh, Neo Geo World Heroes, Arcade Archives, Tran- Traverse USA, and Mujo. December 1st, we have, of course, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which I am very excited about, but I probably won't play until much later. Uh, those are the games that are coming out between now and the next episode, as far as I can see. Uh, thank you very much for listening. That's all the time that we have for today. Uh, for those of you that like the half-hour shows, I'm sorry I went a little long, but you know I felt like I got good feedback from people today, and so I, I wanted to make sure I got through all that. Um, if there's a story that I missed or a topic that you would like discussed, please let me know at one of the ways that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Uh, if you're looking for ways to support the show, a super easy way to do it is to share the show with a friend. Another free way to do it is if you're doing any holiday shopping on Amazon, just use my Amazon affiliate link That's uh, you can find in the show notes. I don't know why I didn't add it to the show notes before, but it's now there. Uh, you can also buy stuff from my wife's Etsy shop. She makes cool fabric things featuring Nintendo characters, as well as join the Patreon. Uh, links to all that stuff and more can be found at runjumpstomp.com slash support. Uh, thank you to Noteblock and Tom Winter for the music. I'm out of here, and I'll see you guys on Saturday. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show. Thank you.